And welcome to the Disability Law Show. Reaching out anytime, super simple. It's one eight five five eight two one. 5900 email, which we will refer to uh, throughout the show today, is help at disabilityrights.ca. And disabilityrights.ca is the website that is for you to uh, to check out anytime, catch past radio shows and links to our television show as well, which is really cool. We'll get to that and the pocket employment lawyer here in just a bit, but you have a couple of things you want to discuss right off the uh, off the hops of and what's going on. Absolutely, John. So uh, let's start off with some individuals that contacted our office uh, this past week. And, and again, I want to make sure people, people know this. Uh, we are disability and employment lawyers. And we have offices in Ontario and uh, BC, and we work across those provinces to help individuals either deal with uh, their employers, uh, if they've been let go or have any issues with employment, or with uh, long-term disability insurance companies. So this individual, this lady from British Columbia contacted us, and let me give you just basic uh, facts here. Uh, this person is a, is a sales rep, a high-end sales rep. She, she earns about $180,000 a year. 47 years old. Uh, she is disabled from working. She has uh, disc and joint problems, fibromyalgia, and a whole bunch of other yeah. issues. She has two doctors supporting her being off work, uh, a, a GP and an orthopedic surgeon. Now, the reason she contacted us is because she was advised verbally by her adjuster that her LTD will be cut off on February 8, 2020. So we're talking about in a few months from now. And she was told that the reason will be in the letter that will be sent. So the adjuster didn't even tell her uh, what, what, what the reason is. Now, here's the interesting thing. She's been on LTD for the last 10 years for that disability. Uh, the other comment that she made, which I found interesting, which I want to focus on, is that apparently the insurance company offered her a buyout. So we'll explain that in a second. Okay. But she declined that because her back was getting worse. So a very interesting set of facts. So first of all, let's start with the fact that this lady is a high earner, 47 years old. If her policy is a standard policy, which is probably, I think it is, to age 65, just do the math, John, how much money this insurance company is paying every single month and how much they would potentially have to pay for until she's 65. I mean, you're looking at easily six figures, if not more, right? Now, she's been on LTD for 10 years. What does that mean if a person has been on LTD for 10 years? Remember, most policies out there, long-term disability policies, you get LTD if for the first two years you can demonstrate with medical support that you cannot do your own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, you have to demonstrate medically that you cannot do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. Now, this is interesting because this lady has been on LTD for 10 years. So if she has a standard policy, clearly the insurance company has agreed for the last eight years. It's a long time. Th- no. it's, a, it's, a, it's a long time. It's yeah. a very, very long time. And remember, she has doctors that are treating her, including an orthopedic surgeon, a specialist that says she cannot work. So why suddenly, after all this time, they are now going to cut her off? Well, this is interesting. They offered her a buyout. What does that mean? A buyout is when an insurance company in an LTD situation figures, they do a calculation. It's really simple for them. It's on the computer. They know that if they're going to have to pay you, let's say, $500,000 from now until age 65, 
they'll offer you potentially a hundred thousand dollars right now, give you a check for a hundred grand, and tell you, okay, but for that you have to, you know, cut the umbilical cord. You have to forego any other benefits. So we'll pay you X amount of years into the future if you will agree to stop the claim so that we don't have to have to pay you till age sixty five. Now, in some situations that is not a bad thing to do, especially if you think you're going to get better uh, sometime soon uh, and go back to work. That's fine. But in this lady's situation, clearly she's been on LTD for 10 years. She's saying her back is getting worse. Her doctors agree with that. She's only 47 years old. She declined the buyout. She's concerned that if she accepts the buyout, she's not going to get those benefits that she needs until age 65. Yeah. She'll run out of money. And she'll run out of money. And then now, coincidentally, the insurance company says to her after 10 years, after she's declined the lump sum buyout, coincidentally, oh, we think that you're no longer disabled. Course, We're going to cut you off. Yeah. You understand how ridiculous that looks? <laughs> Do you understand what would happen if the insurance company ever got in front of a judge and a judge saw these facts? They would crucify the insurance company. Now, the good thing is that she didn't wait until February 8, 2020 to contact us when she finally gets cut off. That's the mistake many people make. They wait until they actually get cut off. Why? Because they think they can appeal the decision. They think that they can you know, potentially convince the insurance company to reverse position. No. If you are an LTD and you are told you're going to get cut off benefits at some point in the future, you are going to get cut off at some point in the future. That train track is going to – those tracks are going to end. You're yeah. going to fall off the cliff. So she did the right thing because now – now that she's been told she's going to get cut off, we can start the legal process against the insurance company right now. We don't have to wait until February 8th. We're going to take the position that they are acting in a malicious manner, that they are breaching the contract, which is the policy under which they're paying. We can force the insurance company to the table. And trust me, John, we will. And they're going to pay big time here. I actually think this is one of those cases. Uh, and we talk about this occasionally, where the insurance company potentially will, will be on the hook not only for the benefits they owe, but probably even for punitive damages. Damages that courts sometimes award to punish insurance companies for high-handed conduct. I think this is one of those cases because it seems clear to me that it's because she declined that buyout that they offered her that they got mad uh, and frustrated and they just decided to arbitrarily cut her off, thinking that she'll walk away. Well, she's a smart lady, and she did the right thing. She contacted us. We're going to get the money that she's owed. You can contact as well anytime. Here is that phone number, one 821 5900 Website is disabilityrights.ca. Help at disabilityrights.ca to send along an email as well. We'll get to some emails and uh, the pocket employment lawyer after a short break. Disability Law Show. Global News Radio. And welcome back. This is the Disability Law Show. To get a hold of Savan anytime, you know the email address. It is help at disabilityrights.ca. Something else I know you use because it affects you as well, and that is the Pocket Employment Lawyer. That can be found in reached pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, it says employment, but there is a, a cool section there about disability law as well, isn't there? That's right. This is a new tool we created, John. It is uh, very, very popular now. We launched it a few weeks ago, but it's just spread like wildfire. And the reason is this. Nowadays, when you're sick uh, or when you have a legal problem, what's the first thing that most people do? They go and Google, and they just Google the information. And of course, every doctor will tell you, do not Google your medical symptoms. You know, you have a simple cold, and you think you have Ebola. I mean, <sighs> just it's the, it's, the, it's the worst thing you can do. Uh, but we all do it, unfortunately. Same thing uh, with legal advice. Uh, there's so much misinformation about 
legal information uh, with respect to, to, to severance, with respect to disability. There's so much uh, contrary advice. It's just you're going to get yourself into a mess. You're going to confuse yourself. And at the end of the day, uh, what you're trying to do is get the right information. That's what the pocket employment lawyer was designed to do. We created this tool to bring that knowledge and information to the public. It's free. It's anonymous. All it is is it's 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 a program that we've created that that uh, will provide you with uh, an analysis, a basic analysis of your individual case, uh, and and give you a starting point. So you go onto that website. Uh, you're going to choose what applies to you. Is it an employment situation? Uh, or is it workplace harassment? It, have you been fired? Um, do you have an issue with your disability insurance company, and that's the reason for your work issues? So once you select that particular category that applies to you, then it asks you a series of questions and you select from some menus. And it literally takes seconds. And then you get a, a, a personalized analysis, basic analysis of your individual case. There's nothing like it out there, John. Absolutely nothing. It's revolutionary. And uh, I urge people to just go there and try it because, you know, you may need it. Maybe a friend of yours may need it. You know, tell about it uh, to, to friends, to family members. And, and once you get that information about your case, that analysis, then, then you have the option of contacting us if you want to actually have a discussion with us about your case to see what options, what further options you have, what compensation we can get you. So, you know, it, it's an amazing, amazing tool, John. You're right. It's called a pocket employment lawyer, but it has uh, versatility. It actually talks about long-term disability as well because we do find that many individuals who have workplace issues also have issues with their long-term disability insurer. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. That is how you find it. Go there. Absolutely free. The phone number is on the top, by the way. It's completely anonymous, as Savannah's mentioned. You don't have to mention the company name or uh, your name as well. If you do want to carry forth, there is a contact button, a little yellow button at the top right of the website, and you can uh, you can go from there. Email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. Samantha, yours is, uh, yours is first. Samantha says... Uh, my husband was on long-term disability for over a year and then tried to go back to work despite not getting the okay from his doctor. He tried to go back because the insurance company threatened that they would cut off his payments if he didn't go back. He really tried hard for several weeks but was very ill and his health was getting worse each day when he was there. He was recovering from cancer treatments. I'm not sure what we can do. He's been at home for the last three months, and we haven't gotten any payments from the insurance company. Nothing. They're simply ignoring him despite his doctor saying that he can't work. What can we do? So, Samantha, thank you for for emailing me this, and I'm very sorry about what you and your husband are going through. Uh, John, sometimes when I when I read these emails and and speak to people, I, I have to stop myself from using uh, expletives. It's absolutely uh, unfathomable uh, uh, to me when 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 I hear about something like this. When you have an individual who is dealing with such a terrible illness, such a terrible illness like cancer, and that person tries to go back to work. They're trying to do exactly what it is that many people are blamed for, for, for not doing, right? For just you know sitting on the couch and collecting a paycheck. This person with cancer is trying to go back to work, is unable to, his health got worse, and now the insurance company is simply ignoring him. Well, Samantha, let me tell you what the option is. First of all, when insurance companies ignore you, they ignore you because there is no pressure on them not to ignore you. So, you know, First of all, let's 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 start with the proposition that when you're long-term disability, if you can go back to work, 
if you can and if you go, if you have clearance from your doctors, you absolutely one thousand percent should do it. Yeah. I, I I hate it when people tell me that they go to a lawyer and the lawyer says, Oh, you should just stay at home. Stay at home, you know, pretend like you're sick. Absolutely not. Those lawyers need to be disbarred. It, 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 this is this is one of the reasons why many lawyers who do what I do have a bad reputation, you know. And insurance companies, of course, use that as propaganda to say, "Oh, look at all the fraud that's happening out there." Yes, that does happen. Absolutely, certainly not with Samantha's husband's case, right? That's not what happened here. Yeah. So if if you can go back to work, go back to work. But what happens in a case like this where you tried, you tried with your doctor's blessing, but you were unable to? It just didn't work. You're not ready yet. Well, most LTD policies have a clause called a recurrence clause, which allows you with, within a certain period of time, uh, usually it's about six months, to go back on claim if you're unable to go back to work, right? If, if, the, if the return to work failed, you should be able to go back on claim. Mm-hmm. And you should not have to wait that elimination period, that, that period in time at the beginning where when you apply for LTD, you get accepted. There is a period of time where you don't get paid anything. Right. You have to your disability has to remain as is for that period of time, and then you start getting checks. You don't have to go through all that again if if you activate or or if you trigger that recurrence clause. That's what should have happened here with Samantha's husband. This the fact that the insurance company is now ignoring them is very concerning to me. And what I would tell her, Samantha, what I would tell you is that we need to first of all, I would like to get involved. I'd like to write the insurance company and give them a deadline. I'd give them seven days to confirm whether or not he's put back on claim. And if at the end of the seven days, they either ignore me or they say no, we start a legal claim right now. And you'll see how fast Mm -hmm. they come back to the table to try and resolve the case. Because you know, John, when we start that legal claim, it's not that adjuster anymore that's dealing with the case. It now moves internally within the insurance company to a different department. It goes to another adjuster, a new fresh uh, pair of eyes, and there is a defense lawyer that is appointed to defend the insurance company. And that's usually when I start getting phone calls from those defense lawyers saying, oh, you know, maybe we can settle the case. Really? Really? You had to to have me get involved? You know, your colleagues could not have simply approved this person or put them back on uh, uh, the, the claim? Right. You know, but but that's the reality. So Samantha, you have options here. You should not be doing this alone with your husband. Certainly not in his condition. We can help. You're asking what we can do. I can tell you right now. Let me handle it. Let me communicate with the insurance company, and I'll give them that deadline. And if they don't comply, we're gonna force them to comply. Samantha, you know the email address. Here's that phone number. If you didn't catch it, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lots more disability law show is on the way on Global News Radio. This is the disability law show. To reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address. Uh, Jenny's up next. Van. Jenny says. I worked in the clothing industry for 25 years, but recently there have been some major changes where I worked. Um, I've been on short-term disability because of severe migraines and mental health issues and will be applying for LTD next. I'm afraid that if I am let go from my job before I'm able to apply for long-term disability, that I will not be able to apply for it. What should I do? Is that right? So, Jenny, this is interesting because... uh, you're touching on both employment law and disability law. And, you know, unlike many firms out there, we actually have an expertise in both areas. And that's not something that you see a lot. There's a lot of lawyers out there who say, oh, yeah, we do disability and employment, but they don't really, okay? They, they sort of uh, uh, know one area and they dabble in the other. Well, you can't dabble in the law. 
Okay, if you have an issue with your brain or your heart or anything else, you're not going to go to a doctor that dabbles in that area for which you need a specialist. So, so you know, this is what we do. We have lawyers that do employment law exclusively, lawyers that do disability law exclusively, and lawyers that do both. And we all work as a team. So let me answer your question, Jenny. If, first of all, if you let go from your job while on disability, I, I don't have to be an employment lawyer to tell you this, uh, but uh, your employer can't do that. That's a violation of the human rights code. Okay, so, so they can't do that. But if they do it and they breach that legislation, not only are you entitled to severance, but potentially also human rights damages. And that's important because if you end up getting LTD down the road, you want to make sure that you claim those human rights damages because chances are the insurance company can't touch those damages. They may be able to touch a severance. They may be able to get a credit for the severance from what they have to pay you right. for LTD, but not the human rights damages. Again, this is where the interplay is between employment and disability. But your question is, you're afraid that you're not going to be able to get LTD if you let go from your job. This is a fear, John, that many people have. Uh, what happens if I've been let go and I wasn't on disability yet, or I was on STD, but I didn't get a chance yet to apply for LTD? Well, guess what? What matters is not when you were let go. What matters is when you became disabled. If you became disabled, if you're unable to work while you had coverage, I'm going to give you dates in a second to illustrate this, then you should get your LTD so long as you qualify, so long as you're disabled from working. So let's use an uh, example of, of dates. Let's say that, John, you became disabled because of whatever reason on January 1st. You've been let go from your job on January 5th. You now want to apply for disability on January 10th, okay, after you've been fired. Well, you can. You can. It doesn't matter that you've been let go on January 5th. The point is you became disabled on January 1st when you still had coverage. You had LTD coverage. And she was so on STD as, to start with anyway, so she's just applying correct. for the next step, right? You got it. You got <clears throat> it. She's applying for the next step, exactly. But a lot of people think that because they've been let go, now they're sort of stuck in no man's land, right? Now uh, they're not getting anything from the employer. The employer fired me because I was disabled right. or while I was disabled. And at the same time, I can't bridge. I can't go from STD to LTD. No, you can certainly do both in addition to potentially human rights damages. So again, if you're... If you have anything like this that's happened to you or someone you know, please get in touch with us. We will explain to you everything. It'll cost you nothing, nothing to get this information. That number, 1-855-821-5900. That is where to go. It is help at disabilityrights.ca or simply disabilityrights.ca is the uh, the website as well. Let's try to squeeze in Len's email here with the uh, the remaining time. Len says, uh, oh, this uh, for this break anyway, thank you for uh, the amazing information you give out on your show. I told my cousin to contact you last year, and he did. He was treated horribly by the insurance company and denied LTD. It was very unfair, and he was extremely stressed. You guys did an amazing job, and I just wanted to tell you that. I'm going to recommend you to another person I know who isn't dealing with LTD, but who uh, fell earlier this year on ice and broke his knee. He's using a cane now and hasn't gone back to work. Thank you again. Thank you, Len. I really, really appreciate that. These are, these are, you know, John. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it is, it is our business and it is our art uh, that, that, that we, we, you know, we exercise here. But uh, you know, that 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 we practice. But getting these kinds of comments and, and getting you know the hugs at the end of the case from the actual individuals we help, it's a huge thing. I'm still in touch with people I've helped over a decade ago. 
you know I, I i remember the names of their of their kids of spouses you know you really make connections with these individuals because they're human beings and i wish insurance companies would treat human beings the way that uh you know they should be treated mm-hmm. as human beings you know so this is this is fantastic thank you very much len we will be able to help your uh, your friend 100% PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. As we go to break, you might want to check that out. It uh, has everything to do, of course, with employment. There is a robust section on disability law there as well. It's completely anonymous. You could just uh, enter your information, ask a few questions, and start getting some answers. There is a contact button at the top right as well. Other than that, it is completely anonymous. That the phone call, 1-855-821-5900. And if you want to catch uh, past radio shows or even our television show, which we've been doing for years now, you can do that. That is DisabilityRights.ca, the website. This is a Disability Law Show. Stick around. More is coming up. Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin is your uh, co-host with myself, John Scholes, here, and we answer a ton of emails every week, every show, and on TV as well. You'll want to see those shows, disabilityrights.ca. Uh, Jesse, next email up says, I'm on long-term disability, and I recently spoke with my adjuster about my claim. I'm not sure I understand the difference between working in an occupation and my occupation for which I am suited for. I'm a mechanic and haven't been able to work because of a serious accident I was in. I have a concussion and can't walk properly because of injuries to my legs. I've been a mechanic for over 30 years. My adjuster keeps saying that I can do other stuff like office work, but I only have a grade 10 education. I don't know if they'll cut me off, but it looks like it. Should I prepare somehow or what should I do? Yes, Jesse. First of all, you've done the right thing here. You haven't even been cut off, and you're contacting us because you're seeing all these little red flags that yeah, come up. Yeah, it's coming. You know, the spidey sense is, uh, is, is, is you know, tingling, uh, yeah. working. Uh, so, John, this is really, really important. Let's start with, with the difference between any occupation uh, and own occupation. So this is something that comes up all the time, and I know we talk about it, and some people out there are going to, you know, sort of roll their eyes, say, okay, you've talked about this a million times. I'm talking about this because the information is still confusing to a lot of people. Look, different policies have different criteria for getting long-term disability. I've seen policies that say that to get LTD, you just have to demonstrate that you cannot do any occupation for which you're suited for from the beginning until the end of the policy. And I've seen other policies that you know, say that the test is any, sorry, uh, own occupation. You cannot do your own occupation, and that's all you have to meet. But the vast majority of policies out there contains uh, a, 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 uh, a, a certain timeline mm-hmm. uh, that w- w- where the test changes, and, and that timeline is, 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 is two years. So the vast majority of policies say that within the first two years, the test is can you do your own occupation? Can you do your own job? the job that you've been doing before you became disabled. And we're not talking about 100% of the job, but substantial aspects of that job. If you can do a few things here and there, that's not enough. You have to be able to do substantial aspects of your own occupation. So that's for the first two years. Beyond the two-year mark, Jesse, and this is, I think, where the confusion is, the test is now more difficult to meet. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just the way that these policies are written. Beyond the two-year mark, you now have to demonstrate, you have to prove, I underline the word prove, because your doctors are crucial here, that you cannot do any occupation. You cannot work in any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. In your case, you've been a mechanic for 30 years. You have a uh, uh, grade 10 education. It's not going to be easy 
for you to be able to do another occupation for which you're suited for because you've been doing this one occupation all these years. You have a certain skill set that is very specific and specialized and your education is not that high that would enable you then to take on something else. On the other hand, the adjuster cannot simply say to you, Jesse, that you know the other occupation is going and, work and working as a greeter at Walmart. You know, John, the, 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 usually when we're looking at, at any other occupation, usually we're looking at, at, at a, you know, a, a, a commensurate income. We're looking at the individual being able to earn about 60 to 65% of their pre-disability income. So if you cannot do that, well, then you meet the test beyond the two-year mark, meaning you should be able to get benefits beyond the two-year mark. So this is very important. Now, let, let me turn to the last point that, uh, that, that you're asking, the last question, Jesse. You're saying, should I prepare somehow? What should I do? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you do if you think you're going to be cut off? And it's usually because of that two-year mark coming up and all that. Well, there's a few things you can do. Firstly, communicate in writing with your adjuster. Make sure that the adjuster is aware of what you consider to be your limitations, the restrictions, and the fact that you want to go back to work, but you're still unable to because of your illness or injury or both. Okay? That's number one in writing communication. doesn't mean you can't speak, speak to them by phone, but confirm these conversations, confirm what's being said via email to the adjuster so we have a documentary record. Number two, make sure that your doctors provide ongoing medical letters. I know it costs money. I know every time you go to the doctor, you got to pay the 30 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is that the doctor is asking. Nothing you can do about that. It's just the way the system is. You need to get your doctor to write those reports that say that you cannot do uh, any other type of work and to explain why. So we're not talking about, you know, like jotting down on a, on a, on a napkin, this no. person is sick for the next three months. No, it has to be more robust. The psychologist, the psychiatrist, the orthopedic surgeon, the chronic pain specialist, whoever it is that's treating you, must be able to explain in a few lines or a few paragraphs why medically they think that functionally you're unable to do what uh, is being asked of you to do, okay? If you provide those letters, ongoing letters, to the uh, uh, insurance company adjuster, you are tying their hands. If they give, if you give them those those documents and you confirm in writing communications, and the adjuster, despite all of this, says, "I'm going to cut you off because I think you can do some other occupation," they're going to get in hot water down the road. They, they 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 may not understand this yet, but they will. And trust me, I do this for for a living. So those are the kind of things that you need to do and prepare. You definitely need to be on guard because the fact, Jesse, that your adjuster is starting to press you on this issue tells me that they're gearing up yeah. to, 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 you know, to cut you off. And it could be that they'll send you to an assessment. It could be that they'll send you to one of their doctors so they can get an opinion that's contrary to your own doctors, whatever. Do what I told you. Confirm everything in writing, everything that's being said, and make sure your doctors continuously give letters and support, assuming that's their opinion, that you, in fact, cannot work uh, anywhere f for, f for the time being. Jesse, move on to the phone call. Uh, be a good idea. one 821 5900 Check the website as well, disabilityrights.ca. Lots more coming up. Questions and emails are on the way right here. Disability Law Show. This is Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show, and we are right back at it here. You know, sometimes um, sometimes people on LTD are told that their benefits are going to be reduced by, uh, by an offset. We've heard that term before. I know you and James have probably mentioned it. What is an offset? What does it mean? So every disability policy that I have seen contains some provisions that say that here's what we're going to pay you 
as your LTD benefit amount. Sometimes yep. it's a fixed amount. Sometimes it's a calculation based on your income, whatever that is. And then there is a section where the insurance company, where the LTD policy states, uh, but we are going to deduct from what we have to pay you the following things. And uh, what that means is that this reduces how much they have to pay you for your monthly LTD. Some of those common offsets are workers' compensation benefits. So if you've been injured through work and you know, you're getting X amount of benefits from WSIB, for example, well, the insurance company gets a credit for that. CPP disability. Oftentimes, people will contact me and say, you know, I've been asked by my insurance company to apply for CPP disability. Well, yeah, you have because they get a deduction for that. If you're getting you know, $3,000 a month for LTD and you're getting $1,000 a month from CPP disability, you don't get $4,000. It's not one plus three. Right. You still get the three, except that now the insurance company gets to pay you only 2000 a month because you're getting one from CPP disability. Uh, retirement or pension plan, um, uh, uh, earnings or payments from an employer. If you work anywhere while you're disabled, first of all, you can compromise your coverage or your, your, your payments because then you could be deemed not totally disabled. But... Uh, even if your policy allows you to work a limited amount of hours, the insurance company may get a credit for any income you earn. So, so these kinds of things, it's important to understand the insurance company is potentially entitled to get a credit for those. One of the common things that I see is severance, right? The person is on LTD. They've just been let go from their job. This happens all the time. I get people calling me when uh, this has happened to them. So, so they're on LTD, John. Mm-hmm. They've been let go from their job. They they find some employment lawyer. They don't go to us, but they find some employment lawyer. You know, that works on his or her own. That employment says uh, lawyer says uh, correctly. So you're owed a lot more for severance. Right. Okay. I can get you twenty thousand dollars more for severance. Don't worry about it. It's great. But of course, you think to yourself, no. amazing. And they go ahead. They hire the lawyer. The lawyer gets that twenty thousand. And guess who's knocking at the door when you get that money in your pocket? No, the insurance the company. Ins- you yeah. Bet. And they, they, they show you where in the policy it says that they're entitled to severance that you're supposed to be. So, you know, you got to be careful that when you go to an employment lawyer in the context of a disability, long-term disability, that you're going to someone that has expertise also in disability law because there's an interplay between the two areas of law. You don't want to be in a situation where the lawyer makes money, the insurance com- company makes money, and you're left with nothing. Okay, but you guys, I mean, having both disability and employment under one roof, there's got to be a way to get around that, or at least a tool you can use to to, to kind of tip the scales, no? Yeah, yeah, no, it, we think very strategically about these kinds of cases. Yeah. You know, listen, we never break the law, but there's ways to, to, to use strategies, no, no different than tax planning in a way, yeah. that will put more money in your pocket. You know, one of the easiest things is that most LTD policies will give the insurance company credit uh, or allow them to deduct severance from what they pay you, right? So if you get severance after being let go, uh, they, they can get credit for that. So they can, they can pay you less in LTD, whatever sum is equivalent to that severance. But uh, you can potentially get human rights damages from your employer uh, because they let you go while you were disabled. And the insurance company cannot get a credit for those. So you go to an employment lawyer and they negotiate $30,000 in severance. That can get eaten up by the insurance company. But what if we negotiated 15000 in severance, 15000 in human rights damages? Well, now the insurance company can only touch $15,000 in severance, not right. the human rights damages. So you know, there's different ways to deal with this. It depends on the policy, depends on circumstances. My point is you want to make sure that if you're dealing with an employment issue or a disability issue or both, that you consult the right people. And we, do, we have specific expertise and experience in both of these areas of law. 
So if, uh, you know, fictitious scenario, if you're on disability benefits for, uh, since, say, January of, of this year earlier, and then you start receiving CPP disability in May, that difference is if you're, if you're getting $1,000 and CPP gives you 1000 they're taking 1000 from it, so it all evens out the playing field as far as a dollar amount is concerned. Do you have to um, reimburse them for the time you were getting just the LTD? Um so I'm not sure I understand exactly the question, but generally when you apply for CPP disability, you get uh, retroactive payments from CPP disability up to a year uh, oh, backwards. Okay. And, and so let's say you've been on disability for the last three years. Yep. You just apply for CPP disability, so now you and you qualified, and now you're getting it on a month-to-month, but you're also getting a, a lump sum for the last year. Your insurance company is going to ask you to reimburse them for okay, that that's last what I mean. year. They're going to, yep. yeah, they're going to, you're going, and you're going to have to give it to them because if you don't, they're going just going to either cut you off because it's a breach of the policy, or they're going to reduce your monthly payments accordingly until they make up the money that they're owed. Again, these are all good questions, questions people have and they ask me all the time. And I tell people, if you have those questions, either call or email me directly or uh, go to uh, mydisabilityquestions.com and just post your question. Go and just post your question. I'll answer it for free within minutes. Uh, the phone number as we uh, take a break here, get back to more of your emails. Simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The website is mentioned, disabilityrights.ca. You can use that to uh, listen to past radio shows and catch our television show as well. And mydisabilityquestions.com. That is another place still where you can answer some questions or at least ask some questions to get them answered by uh, Savannah or James or a member of the team. And there's a drop-down menu. You can search your question if it has been asked before by somebody else will be a lengthy answer there to answer all of your questions. So we'll uh, we'll do that and carry on with more of your emails. Disability Law Show, rather, right here on Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show. And Carly, your email is up next. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. Carly says, my son was injured uh, pretty badly during a hockey game two years ago. He was 26 at the time. He worked as a trades worker at the time, and because of his injuries, he went on EI and then on LTD. Now the insurance company says that he has to try to go back to work despite the fact that he can't, and his doctors agree that he is not ready. I've talked to his union, and they said that they don't really deal with long-term disability. I'm worried about what will happen if they stop his payments. Would they tell him in advance if they're going to stop? Should he speak with someone higher up the insurance company? Well, speaking up with someone higher up, Carly, is not going to do much. Uh, you know, what's important to understand is, is that insurance companies cannot force you to go back to work. No one comes to your house and, uh, you know, puts a gun to your head. What they do is they say, we're going to cut you off benefits if you don't try to go back. And the advice I give is very simple and it's common sense. Do not follow what the insurance company is saying. If your doctors say that you're unable to go back to work, you need to follow your doctor's advice. If you don't, you are potentially compromising your own health. And frankly, you're going to end up back in square one uh, or, or even in a worse state because Clearly, if you're going to go back to work against medical advice, you may end up uh, getting much worse and, 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 and you know, being not only without money because the insurance company is not paying you, but now you're going to just uh, feel worse and the, insur- and the doctors are going to blame you for going back to work. So don't do that. Now, in this case, uh, Carly, you said that your son um, talked to his uh, – you talked to, to your son's union. And they said that they don't deal with disability claims. Chances are then that we can help him. I would want to see the collective agreement that would tell me if we, as an ex- external lawyers outside the union, are able right. to help your son. And then, oftentimes, we can. Oftentimes, uh, the vast majority of cases, we help unionized employees who have issues with their disability carriers. Uh, 
But you know, you're right to worry about what will happen if they stop his payments. Absolutely. They will tell him most likely in advance if they're going to stop the payments. That's one thing I want people to understand. Uh, it's very rare for me to see a situation where the insurance company does not communicate a stoppage of benefits to uh, insureds, to claimants. Generally, they tell you, they give you a heads up. Usually, it's a few months in advance. Sometimes, it's a few weeks. I've seen it as far as a year in advance where they've said, you know, in a year, we're going to cut you off for whatever reason. So, but, you know, Callie, the fact that they're, they're trying to persuade, pressure, force, whatever word you want to use, uh, your son to go back to work despite the fact that he's not ready and the fact that, uh, you know, medically his doctors, uh, you know, haven't approved him yet, I assume, uh, that tells me that they're going to cut him off. So you've done the right thing. My suggestion is that we get in touch after the show. Uh, I can speak with you. I can speak with your son. I can explain to you guys what to do. But, you know, the basic advice I'll give you right now and I'll give all the listeners is if you think that the adjuster is planning or gearing up to cut you off, you got to rev up your preparation. And the two most important things is confirm everything in writing, everything that's said between you and the adjuster via email, and make sure that your doctors are on board in terms of them saying and writing down on paper that you're unable at this point in time to go back to work. If you have those kinds of reports and you give them routinely and regularly to your insurance adjuster, you are making it that much more, uh, it's, it's, that, it's, it's that much more difficult for them to cut you off. And if they do, again, they could get into trouble down the road because right. they're going to have very little uh, evidence to support their position that you are ready to go back to work if your doctors say that you're not. I think we got time for uh, Frank at least here in an email. Again, help at disabilityrights.ca. Frank says, uh, Savannah, I'm uh, paid long-term disability by my employer which is a large multinational company. They want me to, uh, they, or at least they want to stop my payments because they say, I'm good to go back to work, which is absolutely ridiculous. And my doctors wrote them saying that I can't. Apparently, there is an insurance company that made this decision. Uh, I don't really understand the role of the insurance company here if my employer is the one that is supposed to pay me disability. Can you help me? Uh, yes, Frank. So again, we're dealing with a situation here, John, very similar to Carly's son, uh, where clearly the insurance company is trying to persuade, force, or pressure him to go back to work. And and you know what's 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 important to understand here is that in in Frank's specific situation, actually, the LTD benefits are being paid by the employer. Now this does ha- this, this this does happen. But then people ask, well, what role then uh, you know does does my insurance company right. have like? My employer is the one paying LTD. We see this a lot with banks, for example. They're the ones who are paying the LTD, but they hire an insurance company through an ASO, which is an administrative services only agreement to adjudicate the claim. So think about this uh, for a second. Your employer is not in the business of adjudicating or dealing with disability claims. They're paying it. They're funding it, but they need experts like mm-hmm. you know insurance companies Makes to sense. actually deal yeah right i mean with yep. the with the with the, you know with the actual claims so so you know the concern that frank here is completely legitimate but 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 you know they want to understand people like frank uh what is the interplay between the employer paying and this insurance company well both of them are potentially on the hook depending on the, on the circumstances because the employer is the one who is potentially stopping the benefits and the insurance company is the one who's made the decision to stop the benefits so right? they're telling the employer it's you know we're getting close to two years or whatever you might want to think about uh giving this guy the axe yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, you know, again, this is a very important situation because in, in some cases where we go and, um, you know, deal with the employer and the insurance company in the context of a cutoff, an LTD cutoff, 
Oftentimes we're at mediation, and guess what? The employer comes and says, okay, we don't want to just deal with the LTD side. We don't just want to uh, resolve that. We right. also want to deal with a termination here. So that throws a wrench into the negotiations. Again, mm -hmm. you want to make sure. And this just happened actually to a, uh, a colleague of mine at the firm just last week, You know, where, where they were close to negotiating a resolution for LTD. And then the employer that was in the room, who, who was supposed to be paying short-term disability, said, right. well, we want to deal with the employment aspect as well. And it, was, it just so happened that the lawyer, my colleague, actually deals with both LTD and employment law, which is, again, one of the key things about our firm, that we have expertise in both areas, employment and disability. So you want to make sure you understand that, especially in cases where it's the employer that's paying LTD, and they hire an insurance company just to adjudicate the claim. So it's not the insurance company that's paying the LTD. They're just uh, dealing with the actual process of whether or not the person is approved for benefits or not. It's basically like going out and buying 10 gallons of paint, but you're not going to paint the wall. You're going to get a painter to paint the wall, right? You got it. Yeah, you got same it. type of thing. Look, we're going to uh, wrap it for another week, brother. Here's how you contact Savan and the rest of the crew. Real, real simple. one 855 821-5900. The website is disabilityrights.ca. While you're there, you can uh, listen to past radio shows. There's tons of them there. And indulge in the TV show as well. Email anytime is help at disabilityrights.ca. And we mentioned it uh, during the first uh, few minutes of the show, and that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. At that website, there is lots, of course, on employment law. But intertwined with this, as uh, Savannah likes to say, the interplay between that and disability is huge. So there's a section on long-term disability as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Say completely anonymous, and there is a contact button to go further from that point. Done for another week. Thanks, pal. We'll uh, catch you again as well. The Disability Law Show on Global News Radio.